On this episode, members of the Teaching in Higher Ed community join me to celebrate all the learning that's gone on in 50 episodes. Many also share their recommendations to the listening community. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to this 50th episode of Teaching in Higher Ed. This is the space where we explore the art and science of being more effective at facilitating learning. We also share ways to increase our personal productivity approaches so we can have more peace in our lives and be even more present for our students. Hi, this is Bonnie Stahoviak, and I'm so happy to be celebrating episode 50 with you. And I have a number of people who either called or emailed in to share what they've gotten out of the podcast so far, and also to provide us with some recommendations of their own. One of the themes that you're going to notice from the people who have communicated, at least one of the themes I noticed, is just how not alone we are. That was The number one trend I saw in all the communication I received that it feels good to know that there are other people out there that care so much about teaching in higher ed and also that face a lot of the same struggles. So that was really a nice thing to hear. And I'll tell you, I really appreciated the encouragement and I'm looking forward to introducing you to many or reintroducing you to many of the listening community. First up is David Yates from Southeastern, and Southeastern was actually one of the universities who we had one of our guests from, and that was Cameron Hunt McNabb on episode 24, who shared how to cultivate creative assignments. And I have thought back to that episode so much and really enjoy following her on Twitter and seeing all the great ways she's continuing to innovate in her field and in teaching in general. So here is David's message from what he's taken away from 50 episodes and a recommendation from him. Hello, Bonnie. This is Dr. David Yates with Southeastern University. Congratulations on your 50th podcast. I'm a big fan of your podcast and your website, and I have five takeaways. Number one, I enjoy all of the tools that you share, both the ed tech tools and productivity tools. Number two, I appreciate the variety of your topics. In just your first year, you've already covered many of the issues that we face in teaching and learning in higher ed. Number three, I appreciate the different perspectives of all your guests and the fact that your guests range from what I would call normal folks like me, fellow uh, higher ed educators, but also some top of the line experts in our field like Ken Bain and Stephen Brookfield. We all bring different perspectives regardless of where we teach or what we teach or how long we've been teaching and all those different perspectives really inform our pedagogy. Number four, I appreciate your passion for education. We model for our students when we are passionate about our teaching in general or about the subject matter that we're teaching. And number five, I'm especially proud of your commitment to your students. I also believe that they're the reason that we even exist. And so congratulations on all of these wonderful characteristics 
of your podcast and your website. God bless. David, thank you so much for recording that message. And I will just say that touches me so much that you have taken those things away from the show and were willing to share that with me and with other people who listen. It has been for me a wonderful last almost year now getting to talk to, as you said, some phenomenal experts in this field. Ken Bain and Stephen Brookfield are two that really stood out to me as well. And and just to have be able to have the courage to send an email out and give it a shot and then to have people say yes. And I'll tell you one of the things, by the way, that Stephen Brookfield, his only condition was that I don't charge for anything he were to provide and he would never have even had to ask. But I thought that, I mean, just that speaks to his generosity. But of course, he also is an expert and, and does take on a number of paid workshops throughout the year. And I hope to one day be able to attend a conference where he is speaking and I've been following him ever since. So again, David, just such warm, kind, encouraging words. I really, truly appreciate it. It's, it's been a great way to kick off the episode and reflect back on 50 episodes. Next up, we have Christine and Christine posted in the comments section of one of the podcasts where I asked for some feedback. She also regularly emails with me. And once I send out the weekly updates, she'll let me know how stuff is resonating with her or what she's passed on to other colleagues in her institution. She says that the biggest takeaway for her is, I quote, knowledge that I'm not alone in my efforts to actively engage students with activities, tasks, projects, problems during class. Thank you. I've also used Remind for several years. I didn't know the features of the app until you told me about it last way on my way to teach folks how to train their dogs. And I did send back an email to Christine or comment cracking up because my parents do a lot of dog training, both agility training and also search and rescue canine search and rescue training. So it was fun that we had that in common because that's a big part of my family's background and their world. And someday I hope to have a guest on, I won't say who it is in case it doesn't ever happen, but to talk about training canines and how there are some parallels between training in higher ed. Next up, we have Scott Self, who might be a familiar name to you because he was on just a couple of episodes again ago on episode 48, and he shared how to use Evernote in higher ed. And I'm still having so much fun thinking about how to incorporate many of the things that he shared. I have said before, during the semester, I only let myself experiment with one new tool at a time, but in the summer, I let myself go wild. So I'm having fun with not just the the tips from Scott Self, but also from some of the other resources that I mentioned when I was sharing about OmniFocus in the last episode, number 49. And he called in actually and left this voicemail some time ago, well before he was ever booked to be on the show or before he recorded that episode with me. So Scott, I really appreciate you doing this, even though you were much, you know, less famous in the teaching in higher ed world. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> but I really thought it was fun to get this message and to, to think back. It really was one of the reasons why I decided to follow up and get in touch and see if you were willing to be on the show and just loved having you on episode 48. And I'm continuing to enjoy your blog. So here is the message from Scott Self. My name is Scott Self. I'm the director of university access programs and a faculty member at Abilene Christian University. One of the takeaways that I really appreciated was the discussion in episode 32 in understanding the need to respond to students' emails. I find myself very frustrated when folks whom I report to fail to acknowledge that they received an email, 
in one particular administration at my institution is infamous. This person will not respond to faculty until they've sent like three emails. My takeaway from episode 32 is to think very seriously about how I might potentially put students off. Dave's reminder motivated me to create a text expander snippet that simply tells the student, thanks for the email. I want to assure you that I received it, and I will reply to you as soon as I can give your email my full attention. I think that my recommendation is related to this takeaway. I believe one of the best ways I can teach my students to manage their responsibilities is to model quality behaviors for them. For example, when I promise a student that I'll send them a research article, I've recently gone ahead and showed them that I'm creating a task. I'll say to the student, let me make sure I can get that on my task list so I don't forget. Sometimes I'll ask, simply ask Siri to remind me to send Mary the research article. In the past, I would have done this after the student left, but I really want to demonstrate to Mary just how important that promise is to me, and I also want to show her that I have to capture things that I need to get done. Love the show. Really look forward to the next 50 episodes. Bye-bye. Scott, I so appreciated how your recommendation was related to honoring our students well. And that is something that I also do is typically will have the student let them know, oh, let me make sure I get this into my task list so I don't let you down on this. And and But it, for me, it's more because I've learned the hard way that the second that student is out of my mind and another one comes up, I just don't have the short-term memory. But I love the excuse that you've now given me that it's less about my poor memory and more about just showing the students a good behavior that if they were to even incorporate into their own lives would just be a wonderful way for them to reduce stress and increase their real trustworthiness for doing what they say they'll do. Thanks so much for calling in, Scott, and also for being a guest on episode 48. Next up, I have an email from Melissa from Columbia College, and she was so kind to email quite recently and share what she's taking away from the show And I just really enjoyed getting a sense from her on how it's resonated with her and benefited her institution. She says that your, quote, ease of describing the technology and pedagogical challenges, the show format with the notes and the wide variety of topics that are so pertinent to me and many of my colleagues. She also says that she's involved with a California online education initiative piloting online tutoring at this time. So quote, this is also very timely to have come across your podcast series. You have a very unique, gentle and fun loving attitude toward technology topics and with your guests. Melissa, I so appreciate those encouraging words. I'm glad it's resonating with you. One of the things you said you're doing is you're building a new course on universal design and online course development. So if anyone listening has any suggestions or resources for Melissa, it'd be fun to go to teachinginhighered.com slash 50 and make your recommendations to Melissa as she builds her course out. And she mentioned that she'd be interested in hearing more about instructional design if that was something I was thinking about doing, and it actually was. And that's so I was so glad to hear from Melissa that it will be a value to her. This summer, instead of having different guests with completely different topics each week, I will have a series. I'm not sure how long it'll be yet because I haven't mapped it out yet, but a series on instructional design, thinking for people designing their very first college course in higher ed, all the way up to someone just designing or rethinking a course that they've taught before. And if you have any suggestions for that, would love to hear from you either at teachinginhighered.com feedback 
or on the show notes for this episode at teachinginhighered.com slash 50. It's an easy number to remember. And last up, we have Missy McCormick, who shares with us what she's taken away from teaching in higher ed. I've been listening to your podcast maybe for five or six months, and I've really enjoyed it tremendously and got a lot of um, great information off of it that's really um, either established or um, made me understand that I'm not alone, for one, with some struggles, and also gave me some really good tips on um, different ways to approach things with teaching. Um, This is Missy McCormick, and I teach art, uh, ceramics actually, uh, in higher ed. And uh, the things that I enjoyed um, most recently is um, the idea or the, um, I guess, um, articulation of recalculating our teaching because um, I've been doing that. I've been at the same position now for three years, uh, tenure track, and but in a new uh, university, and I've taught at other places, so that's been something that's been kind of heavy on my head of recalculating each year and recalibrating um, the way I approach the students. And also um, just, you know, the tips on organization and uh, perspectives on teaching has also been great. Topics that I think would be interesting um, and that I think about quite a bit um, since I teach studio art, um, things, uh, different approaches of teaching studio or lab classes versus lecture classes, uh, which are very different um, and is a little bit difficult to get information on um, out there on the web. And also different ways to utilize gradebook, uh, different gradebooks and um how to simplify that, and um, I've often needed to give in-progress grades, so dealing with uh, grading in process or in progress of a grade and then giving final grades and how people deal with that either in their grade book or how they maybe give, pass out those grades in class um, or through you know, online platforms, sort of like Sakai or, or Blackboard. Um, and then also, or lastly, uh, critique, critiquing student work, you know, discussing it in groups and different approaches that people have. I have a handful of different approaches I use, but I'm always, you know, looking for different ways or new ways to um, assess, critique in groups or um, small groups or large groups uh, in the classroom. So thanks so much. Again, this is Missy McCormick, and uh, I appreciate all that you do. Take care. Bye-bye. Missy, thank you for those encouraging words and sharing what you've taken away from the episodes you've listened to for the last five to six months. And thanks, too, for those wonderful suggestions for future episodes for more lab-type ideas, lab work kinds of ideas, strategies for teaching, for gradebook strategies, including that that process where we give in-progress grading and final grades, and then just more generally critiquing student work. So if anyone has suggestions for Missy that you want to share now, you could do that at teachinginhighered.com slash 50. And Missy, I will also put be putting all three of these ideas down for future episodes, and we'll keep my eye out for good guests having to do that. Thanks, too, for mentioning that you got a lot out of the conversation I had with Aaron Daniel Annis back in episode 45, talking about recalibrating our teaching. 
I am sad and happy to announce that Aaron Daniel Annis is actually not going to be teaching at my institution anymore. So I'm really sad about that. And he was joking the other day that he'll be recalibrating his teaching once again. So we'll have to have him back on the show and he can share how he's doing that. He's going to be teaching at an institution where it snows. And so he says that you know, this California weather is too burdensome on him and his wife, Jenny. So they need to go somewhere where they actually can have seasons. So we'll be catching up with him again soon and having him back on the show. But I'm glad you found the conversation valuable. And of course, I'm going to have to have him back on the show because otherwise we might not get to talk as much. So we can have things we can collaborate on together like future podcast episodes. Thanks to everyone who called or emailed in. If you didn't get a chance to do it, I would still, of course, love to hear from you on the show notes at teachinginhighered.com slash 50. Or if you just want to drop me an email, you can do that at teachinginhighered.com slash feedback. I would just absolutely treasure any words of encouragement that you have, or especially ideas for future guests or future shows. I always welcome those. And it's just been fun to see the audience continuing to grow for teaching in higher ed and not just an audience, but a community. That's the best part about it for me and has been so encouraging for me learning more about how to be more effective myself and getting to share with so many about what's working for you and what ideas you have to, we can, so that we can all do this better. This is the point in the show where I make a recommendation and my recommendation is a recommendation from another recommendation from a recommendation. All right. Once again, from Doug McKee from Yale, he has a blog at teachbetter.co. And from his blog, and also he sent me an email with a guest recommendation, he was writing about the challenge with there not being enough women in the field of economics. And he talked about Amanda Bayer, who has a blog called Diversifying Economic Quality. And she, he recommends it because it'll provide us with evidence-based strategies to increase diversity in the field. Although the word economics is in the title of the blog, it's a wiki type of a, of a website, I will say that the strategies would work in almost any, in fact, most of the strategies would work in all different kinds of fields. I'm just going to read off some of the instructor practices that she recommends. She has uh, some resources around having a growth mindset around giving students feedback on the importance of getting personal on study tips that you can provide your students and something called teaching with nuance. Under the classroom strategies, she has adding wait time, using technology, avoiding stereotype threat, cooperative learning, inclusive communication, and it goes on and on. She's also got a resource on flipping a classroom. So if you were to go up to diversifyingecon.org, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes, you could get lost in there in in the best way possible because there are all sorts of resources for us to make sure that we're not inadvertently discriminating against people in our classrooms. We would want to make sure that we are inclusive and giving everyone opportunities to learn equally. And she's just got some wonderful resources that are research-based on how we can do that better. So that is my recommendation for today. And I thank you for listening to episode 50 of Teaching in Higher Ed and celebrating with me all that's gone on this almost past year. As always, if you have suggestions for future guests or future topics, you can do that. 
at teachinginhighered.com slash feedback. And if you want to comment on today's episode, you can do that at teachinginhighered.com slash 50. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like to introduce other people to the show, one of the best ways to help people discover it because of those tricky iTunes algorithms is to rate the show or give a review for it. And so you can do that at teachinginhighered.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher if that's the service that you use to listen to it. So thanks so much for listening and I'll look forward to spending the next 50 episodes with you. Take care.